Hi everyone, welcome back to Invested, where we talk about wealth as being more than just money. Our partners Paul Rand, Joel Rand, and Sarah Minikari will bring in guests and industry thought leaders to chat about meaningful topics on personal finances, health and wellness, ideas for your business, tax planning, and other key issues that impact our lives and our livelihood. So thank you for joining us, and we hope you find our discussions not only practical and educational, but maybe sometimes a little thought-provoking. With that, let's get to the episode. On this episode of Invested, we are extremely fortunate to be joined by Lisa King, Managing Director at Invesco Global Consulting. Lisa has spent over 15 years in the financial services industry as a national speaker and developer of educational programs for investors. Lisa is the co-author of the New York Times bestselling book, Picture Your Prosperity, Smart Money Moves to Turn Your Vision into Reality. She has been featured on media outlets such as Business Week, The New York Times, and NPR's Marketplace Weekend. In this episode, I get a chance to speak with Lisa about her book and the process it describes in helping investors to visualize and prioritize what financial success means to them. It's a very unique way of getting to the core question we strive to help our clients answer, which is, what does our money mean to us and how can it help us achieve what we feel is truly important and satisfying? So with that, let's get to my very enjoyable conversation with Lisa King. Welcome back to Invested. Today, we are very lucky to have with us Lisa King. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Author, uh, co-author of the book, Picture Your Prosperity, um, and which is uh, a really useful book, having read through it. Uh, lots of stuff in there that I found useful and that I plan on stealing and using with clients. Um, but first of all, I'd like to talk a little bit about the book and ask you, uh, how did this sort of come to be? What led to it? Um, what, what what drew you to creating this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to, to start the conversation. Um, the topic of, of why we do what we do, why not what are we investing, not what's our goal for investing, but why? And, and, and what's the real motivation for all of us? This has been something that I've always found interesting. Um, also, since the beginning of my career in financial services, I've been doing a lot of research around women in investing in particular. And uh, the prosperity picture approach really is kind of an amalgam of both of those things. So it was sort of natural extension of some things that, uh, that I've been interested in for a long time. And uh, a few years ago, uh, when my co-author Ellen Rogan and I uh, came together, we were initially collaborating to build a workshop for Invesco, uh, where I work. And uh, as we were building that workshop, we thought, you know, there's really so much here that we have fodder for a book. And so that yeah. was the beginning of it all. And then it kind of, it was sort of, I always say that at the beginning, at, at that point, it sounded like a great idea. And my answer to myself was, well, why not? And it was like, kind of stepping on a really slow moving train that was barely moving. And then it just kind of kept going, <laughs> started gaining <laughs> velocity and took off. That's great. Um, you know, one of the reasons I, I think it's so great is it helps address some of the issues that we face in our industry when clients come in and they're coming to see us usually, you know, or they come in for the first time, as we were talking about before, no one, no one wakes up and says, you know what, I really need a, a financial plan. Um, you know, it's, it's only by discussion or there's some sort of catalyst and no one ever comes in and sits down across from us and says, Hey, you know what, can you help me clarify my goals? 
you know, that, that term goals in when people say, well, uh, hey, can you tell me about your goals? They, they really usually don't have an idea what those goals are. I mean, other than the general retirement and, and safety and security, but then it's, it's a function of sort of teasing out of them what do they mean by that and what's important to you and what's most important to you, which is exactly, at least what I'm getting out of it, this is exactly what this tool helps, helps with. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that process and how that sort of folds into to what you're doing? Absolutely. I think that's, that's really an interesting comment. And I think you're right. I think we're all so busy. And especially now, there are so many things that can demand our attention. Even if we're not busy, there's still yeah. an unlimited number of things that can demand our attention from, you know, I don't know, a recipe for something online to any, you know, social media to, I mean, to, you know, there's just constant information. And so it's hard to step away from all of that and think about what you really want to do. And, and I, I suspect that it's just kind of human nature that even before all of these distractions that we're all juggling now, it's always been something kind of difficult to do. In fact, I remember talking to a friend of mine, this was several years ago, and she was someone who was aware of the value and the, and she was really kind of focused on, um, you know, the potential benefit of being goals oriented. And even though she had that awareness and she had plans to do so, it wasn't something that she was excited about. So to your point, I remember talking to her about maybe we were making plans to go somewhere. And she said, you know, I can't make it on Saturday because I've just committed to myself that I'm going to stay home and work on the goals plan. And that's the way she kind of said Yeah. <laughs> On my like, life dream. It's, it's right after she, right after going to the dentist, right? Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what it was. Like I after I'm gonna clean the garage and yeah. then I've just got to get this done. There's there, there was no joy in it, yeah. um, even though she knew it was important. So I think you're right. For whatever reason, as a society, we just don't focus on this. And I think um that it's there's real opportunity if we can shift that and, and, yeah. and kind of change the way we approach it. Well, and I think the one of the major things to come out of that is you're talking about visualization. Right. In the book, yes. you talk a lot about a visualization in the book and the importance of visualization and sort of how to get there and, and how to start. How did how did that come about? How did the importance of visualization sort of start working into this? Well, you know, we as we were working on this and building it and working with with people, um, we realized that that was just a really natural way to get into the subject. When when you think about it as humans at a very basic level we're visual, you know, from the moment that we land on this earth, we're, mm -hmm. we're visual far before we're verbal, um, far before uh, our ability to, you know, sort of think through complex thoughts and rationalize things and so on. And so it's a very visceral way to get to what's really important. I, I kind of call it our, it's not me that calls it this, but I, I tend to refer to it as the reptile mind. I think we've probably heard that term from neurologists and scientists that we all have this deep part of our brain and it's really powerful and appealing to that deep part of our brain um, is very easily and efficiently done through using kind of just visual stimulation. So it's just a way to kind of, kind of cut to the chase quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so why don't we jump in a little bit to the process? And I, and I, I do, I do want to get into that. I, I, and reading through the book, there were a couple of, of things that I um, got out of there that I, I just, one of the things that you, you mentioned, and you talked about how to appeal to women. Um, and you, I noticed in the book, it said, women are rational learners and men are independent learners. And so I wanted, what, is, what did you mean by that? What does that mean? So women are relational learners. 
learners and uh, and or tend to be rather relational yeah. learners, um, and men tend to be independent learners. And yeah. I, it, it's interesting that you um, you picked that out. What that research says, and it's not our research, it's secondary research that we read about, but it's fairly widely embraced that women like to be in a group setting oftentimes. They, they, they yep. like to bounce ideas off of one another and kind of be in a collaborative learning environment versus men who might be more comfortable with independent study and, and that, you know, that sort of interaction, that, uh, that, that, that back and forth. It's not that men don't like it, but it just may not be as helpful of a, of a learning tool. And so that tends to be something that people that are, for example, putting together school curriculums or, you know, looking at, at learning preferences will focus on. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, did I say rational learners? I think so. I, think <laughs> I, heard anyway. I should have. I meant to say, and actually what I should have said is women are rational learners and men are irrational learners. <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have been more appropriate. <laughs> That's funny. But, but, you know, going back to the visualization, I I think it's an important thing. And really uh, how I see that as a very valuable tool is getting back to that teasing out of people, what's important and why is it important? It's a great way of getting them, getting them started. Yes. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the process and how it works and, and what you start step one, step two? Absolutely. It's yeah. been something that we've had so much fun with. I think it's really cool, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm, I, I, I do too. So that makes me really happy to hear you say that. It's, it's something that we sort of developed because of the very reasons that you mentioned earlier, the very things we started off talking about today, which is that it's so, it can be so overwhelming to have to name out your goals and articulate them. I mean, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? Those right. kinds of questions can be absolutely overwhelming. And I always joke, but I'm fully serious. I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight. I really right. don't. So it's very difficult for me to articulate what my five-year goal is. It's a lot to assimilate. Yeah. However, I can look at a picture and see something meaningful in it. So um, I I have in front of me here these, these pictures that we developed as part of all of this approach. Um, There are 32 pictures. We do this as a workshop. We have the book and they're included in the book. And um, I'm just going to pull out one. Here's a person uh, running. I've just got a person that's like running along a a grass path. And and by the way, I did go through the process. It's on my, it's on my, my board. Okay, great. The person got the runner. Yeah. Good. Oh, good. I'm excited to hear what you put on that board. Um, just to give everyone an idea of the other kinds of things that we're looking at here, I've got like someone holding a plant in their hands. There's a picture of an airplane. Uh, there's a picture of a yin and yang symbol. Some people are familiar with that. Some people don't. It's like that black and white balance symbol. Um, there's a stock ticker. There's some books, etc. So there are 32 of these images. And we handpicked these images to be general enough that you could look at it and you know, read something personal into it. So and that's what we all do anyway, right? I can, the airplane's a really good example. So just yeah. in your, if I ask everyone right now who's listening to envision in their own mind, an airplane, we can all see an airplane. What does that mean to us? So I'll just ask you, Paul, what is it? If, if you were looking at a picture of an airplane, I'll see if I can find one here for those yeah. who are watching. Um, what, what comes to mind when you see it? What do you, what do you associate with an airplane? So interesting because when I went through and I looked at the cards, and I had, I saw airplane on there and travel is definitely a, a priority for me, but I did not choose the airplane. Okay. And 
I think the reason why I didn't choose the airplane is that meant, that brought out in me that meant business travel. I don't know why. It, yeah. that that did not seem relaxing to me. Sure, I, I completely understand that. I, I, I that's often the, that's ninety percent of the time why I'm on an airplane as well. Yeah, um, and so we both may have that first affiliation or association, I should say, with the picture of an airplane. And yet I've done this with enough people over time that I know that others may share our view that you and I seem to have in common, but some other folks may see that and say, you know, I, I'm seeing an airplane because I'd yep. love to go to Rome. I, you know, yep. like it's on my bucket list. I'd love to go to Italy or I'd love to go back to the Greek islands or I'd like to go to Ohio to visit my yeah. family. there. That's what it means to me. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to it. That's what I see in this yeah. picture. And so when you think about just that very simple process, it happens in a split second, right? You know, your yeah. brain sees it and makes an association. And that's exactly why we chose these visuals to start to get to the, the heart of goals around financial planning, because we could all, if we were all together in a room right now, we could all be looking at the same 32 pictures yep. and we could all pick the ones that we liked. And that's the first step of, of what did you just pick? And you can do it really quickly within a matter of seconds or, a, you know, a, a couple of minutes to go through all 32 images and then have a pile of them that you like and a pile that you don't. And then usually the next step in the process is um, if we were you know, able to be all together in person, I would, I would then ask, well, now pick one, pick one of these that you're particularly drawn to right now for whatever reason. Sometimes it's hard to pick one and it doesn't have to be the only one that you'll ever pick, but just at this moment right now, for whatever reason, which one are you most drawn to? And I'll ask everyone in the room to do that now. And Paul, it sounds like you've, you've done this. Yeah. So and I, and I think you made, you. An, you made an important point in the book that, Hey, listen, don't, you know, don't, don't struggle. <laughs> this, this is not a life decision. We're not going to hold you to this and say, well, no, you picked the airplane. So, you know, it's just, how are you feeling in, in this moment? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And mine was, and I, and I immediately gravitated to the one that has the plate of food with a glass of wine at the table. Excellent. For many reasons. One of my favorites as well. So, yeah. so, so I'm going to walk you through a few questions. I'll, I'll actually do this. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of outline all the questions all, all at once without hearing your answers, Paul. And then I'll come back to you and ask what your answers are, because this is yeah. what we would do if we were in person. Yeah. This is um, if, if someone you know had the, their hands on these pictures, this is this would be the next part of the process. So the questions are as specifically as possible. What does this image mean to you? And you want to be as really specific as, as, as specific as you possibly can. So that's the first question. Second question, are there other people there with you, wherever this is? Envision yourself there. So the second question is sort of put yourself in an environment and be as specific as you can. Imagine that you were shooting a movie and you needed a set for your movie. So where are you? Are there other people there? What physical details can you begin to fill in um, and really be specific? You, the goal here is to really visualize what this would be if you were there. Then the next question is, um, what do you hear around you? You're in this place because we need a physical environment for our movie. Uh, what do you hear in the background? Next question is, what do you smell in the air? That's one of my favorites. What do you smell in the air? And then one of uh, the most important is, how do you feel? What's your emotional state in this place at this particular moment? 
And those are the simple questions. So I'll go ahead and ask you, Paul. You, you picked the plate of food. I did. Um, yeah. So so what were your answers to those questions? So it's um, and I, I have some somewhat of an unnatural relationship with food. I love <laughs> I love food. I love everything about food. I love cooking. I love entertaining. I love going out to dinner. So I kind of flip flop, but I I definitely. I flip-flopped between two scenes and I had a hard time narrowing down which scene I was in. I was either on my patio and serving food to a group of friends and I could easily tell you exactly everything that was going on, the jazz in the background and what time of the, you know, close to sunset and the whole nine yards, or we were outdoors in an outdoor patio eating somewhere with same thing, group of friends, just, but it was one, I had actually prepared the meal and was serving it to a group of friends and we were enjoying it. And the other one is we were a group of friends out and exploring a restaurant and enjoying this great, you know, culinary entertainment. So. Okay. I love it. I love both of those ideas. So let's, let's focus on just one. We can do that. Yes. <laughs> so which one, which one right now seems more interesting. Let's go with my, we're on my patio. Okay. I like that too. So, yeah. so we're on your patio. Um, we've already, we already know we're hearing jazz yep. in the background. We're yep. hearing jazz. Um, what do you smell in the air? Uh, I'm going to go with the safest one and say garlic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, what are we hearing besides jazz and what physical details can you begin to fill in? Any, any specifics that you're seeing? Sure. I think it's just the friends talking, laughing, uh, the, the clinking of the glasses, the, the passing of the platters, um, the, 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 that wonderful moment when everybody, uh, starts to eat and then it goes, it goes silent for just a little bit while everybody does the evaluation and the, and the internal critique. (laughs) And then they start talking about things, right? I love it. I love it. I completely relate to that. And and what what was then the emotional state that you felt? Oh, happiness, joy, sharing, giving. Yeah, it was, it was warm. Yeah. Wonderful. Happiness, joy, giving. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. That's a great, great image. So it's interesting because, you know, you were able to get to a very, very specific moment, a very specific idea pretty quickly, I'm guessing. Um, You, you really, went through a lot of stimuli, 32 different pictures to get to that one. And then, and then taking that one to this very specific moment, this idea. So there's a lot of meaning in that. It's something that you did easily and quickly. It's usually very positive. I think this image you shared is very positive. It yeah. sounds really um, attractive and, and, uh, and wonderful. And you did it really just very easily. And so there's meaning in that. There is power in that. It's easy to dismiss that. But when you think about it, it's kind of profound because you got to a very specific place. Um, You could have gone in an exponential number of directions, but you went to this one. So then you start to think, well, what does that then mean? And you start to kind of think through uh, what the implications of that are. How often are you doing that now, et cetera? And then from almost everyone, in fact, I'm almost going to say, take out the almost and say for everyone, there is some kind of a financial implication. Now, it might be nothing but time. So one of my favorite examples is that um, there was a woman in South Carolina who uh, did this exercise and she picked the image of the books, just a stack of books. And her association with that was that she was at the public library alone. That's all she wanted was to go to the public library by herself and read. 
which of course costs nothing. However, she needs the time to do that. And that's what she was missing at that moment in her life. And so her approach then, her financial association with this was looking at her financial plan, looking at her life plan and how money was figuring into it and, and evaluating that piece of it. You know, when was she going to be, you know, maybe able to retire or scale back at work or, you know, sort of shift career paths so that she had more time available. And so that's really what you start to get to is what does this idea then have to do with your financial planning decisions? And then for others, of course, the financial implications are much more specific and um, complex. You know, people that want to own a second home and their vision has to do with that or um, do a great deal of traveling or, you know, start a philanthropic, you know, organization and so on and so forth. It's, it's limitless what this can lead you to. But it starts you thinking down that road on a very imaginative, visceral level using your right brain, you know, the brain hemisphere thing, the right yep. visionary yep. side of your brain. And then, you know, as you start down, the, down that path and you, and you set that as the, the, the goal and the inspiration, then it becomes about, well, how do we now back into the practicalities, the nuts and bolts to make this happen? But this is a part, it's so obvious when we talk about it in this way, but kind of to your open, the point of your opening comments, a lot of people don't do this. Yeah. A lot of people just narrow right in and zero right in on the numbers um, without giving themselves this opportunity to talk about what's really important in life and what they really want to be funding. And this is really, I think, a big opportunity because not only is it helpful to know that just from a planning perspective, but it's also your motivation. It's the wind beneath your wings, to use a cliched expression of why we want to do this stuff. Which is so great because the you know normally in in our planning process you're you're right people lead with numbers right you have you have the client that comes in and says I here's here's the number here's my number that's going to make me comfortable now the follow up questions to that are why you know why is that number what what does that mean to you what does that number represent how did you get to that number and what's the what is it a security thing is it a you know you mentioned and it's interesting that you mentioned time because that was my biggest struggle going through and working on my board <laughs> was because it's it's in terms of dollars less less and more dollars and sooner and later and and I I was looking at like well yes it's uh, there's a dollar number that could be associated with but it's really a time thing more more for me than it was the dollar but you're absolutely correct that when you get into and doing planning, especially I would think with small business owners that are extremely busy a lot of the time, and it's okay, you you can arrange to have those things available to you. You can make the time to do that, but there may be a cost with that. Now let's talk about how important that is and what you're willing to to pay to get it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the board. I, um, for those who may not be familiar, um, I have... I'll just kind of hold yep. it up for anyone that's actually watching. But for those of you that are just listening, I'll, I'll hold mine up as well. Okay, good. <laughs> so here they are. <laughs> yeah, two, two of them being held up. Um, this is the next step that you just mentioned, yeah. Paul. The board. Um, so maybe we'll take just a moment. I'm to, sorry. Did I cheat? Did I jump? Did I jump ahead? No, I, I, I'm glad you did. You, yeah. you, you previewed it. You previewed it. But to kind of explain what this is. 
what we found is like this first step that we just talked about of going through all these images and starting to make these associations um, is the is the foundational part. But then we yeah. can go even further and we can put these ideas together on what we, what we refer to as a board. It's a piece of cardboard. It's 11 by 17. You can make this yourself. You don't have to use this one, but we have some kind of prefab ones that we use sometimes. And along the left-hand side, it says more money at the top, less money at the bottom. And then along the bottom, it says sooner on the left and later on the right. So if you can imagine this in your head, if you're just listening, you've got now four boxes. You've got four sections of this of this board. And it's this is what we, we mean when we talk about a prosperity picture. Because the next step is to take all the images that you like from going through this first process and uh, move them around according to those two questions. When would you like to see this happen? Sooner in your life or later? And we, there's a, a line right down the middle that we typically refer to as about five years. You can make okay. that any that length of time you yeah. want, but we find that's helpful. Five years or sooner, five years or later. And then whatever more money or less money means to you, you start to now move it around. So I'm looking at my own board now. And for example, um, I've got, there's a picture of some red velvet stage curtains, like in a theater. I have those as sooner and more money because I love theater. So I would love to spend time in the near term uh, seeing a lot of theater. I'd like to travel to see theater. I love going to Broadway. You know, I'd like to be able to kind of do more of that. So that costs some money. That's why it's on the, the top half of my board. And I'd like to do it now. You know, I don't want to wait for for some point in the future to do that. So uh, there's no right or wrong. Obviously, there's a million ways you can interpret all of these. But now you basically start to move these pictures around. And when you're finished, um, you can actually stick them down. We have a version where you can actually peel off the backs and stick them down or whatever. You can do this on your own. You don't have to use our images. The point is you now kind of have this visual financial plan of yep. what is important to you, what you what you want and when you want it and how much you might need to you know spend to get it. So therefore, you know, how do we need, how do we need to plan for that? Awesome. And I had, you know, being the control freak, I also wanted to make, well, I want this one smaller and I want this one bigger and I want, and I want to stack them because I want them both at the same time. So I would love to, so, so can you, can you share a little bit about what you did? I'd love, I'd love to see it. Sure. So um, I had on mine, so um, the, 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 the running one and also the, the person outside doing yoga and it wasn't necessarily a yoga thing for me as it much as it was just sort of being outside and being peaceful. So whether that's, you know, playing in the park with my son or, or whether that's playing golf or whatever, it's just being able to sort of get off the hamster wheel for a, a while and be able to enjoy the quiet of, of outside, um, which is, you know, there's not, there's not, a, there's not a big cost to that and you can do it right away. It's just a matter of, of making it a priority. Right. Um, but a lot of, you know, the, the sort of, and I had also the friends and the friend sign and the family, uh, I had up here, the, the, the plate, um, next to that was the come in, we're open. And I, I kind of tied this to that same sort of, you know, uh, culinary exploit exploration and going to find to me, you know, this, this may mean to some people opening a business, to me, it was, hey, no, 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 my restaurant's now open. Let's, you know, come in and try the, <laughs> like I told you, a natural relationship with food. Uh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And then the same thing, you know, with the, the person holding the plant, um, you know, it, of course, that also meant herb garden to me in some, in some cases, but uh, just getting out and, and we do quite a bit with sustainability so that 
was, okay, well, how do we incorporate that? So a lot of this stuff, I actually wanted to move closer to the sooner, but you have to, you have to make some choices, which are great. Like, well, and, and why do you have to make those choices? And what does that mean? So it was really, really helpful walking through that. And then some of these, you know, outdoor um, pictures, the same kind of thing. It's getting out and enjoying getting off the grid and being out somewhere where it's peaceful, it's quiet. You're not the, the outlook alarms aren't going off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, and this, uh, the, I think it's a mountain picture uh, with, but it actually reminded me a lot of uh, the, the Haleakala crater on Maui, um, which is where, you know, my family lives on Maui. And I went to high school there and it just reminded me of getting back and enjoying the, the nature that's in Hawaii, because often when I go back to Hawaii, it's a lot of, a lot of business. Um, and, and I forget to go enjoy some of the natural beauty that's there. So it was, it was really, it was fun going through this. It was really, um, it was great. I love it. So thank you. I mean, one of the, one of the side benefits of this, frankly, Paul, it's not the reason that we developed it, but one of the side benefits and one of my favorite parts of it is that it's really a way to get to know each other more yeah. quickly. You know, it's, it's just, it's just a great tool, um, to kind of connect with people. I, I actually, well, often recommend as well that spouses do this because I mean, he's, here's people that we think we know best in the world. And I learned things about my husband doing this that I, I didn't know. Um, just as I just learned things about you that I didn't know, you know, it's, it's just fascinating. Like for example, what I want, the, the funny thing that we still joke about um, is that he also picked the plate of food and wine and his visualization was that we were having a dinner party just like you. It was not on a patio because we live in Chicago. Patio right, season right. is more yeah. limited in Chicago. But we were having, we were sitting around a table. But you talked about spending more time in California too, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Exactly. It, because he, he was envisioning that we were sitting around a table entertaining our friends, which we do quite a bit as well. But he said, but we're in, in L.A. And I said, well, we don't live in L.A. We live in Chicago. <laughs> He said, I know, I didn't realize. I said, I didn't know that you wanted to go to LA. He said, I didn't really either until I just did this. And it wasn't that he wanted to move to LA, but it was his way of his sort of subconscious mind saying, I want to spend more time there. And interestingly, kind of going to what's the point of all this and what does it then lead to? For us, what that ended up meaning over the period of the next few years is we downsized our house here in Chicago. We moved from a place that was a single family home that was more kind of complex to just manage when we left and, you know, locking up and making sure that everything was all yeah. okay if we left to a much easier place where we have one door where we can just close the door and go. Um, and freeing ourselves up from both a cash flow perspective and also from a just kind of time and ease perspective to be able to spend more time in LA. And we do. You know, that was right before COVID, but yeah. <laughs> we, so, so we started, we started the process, but, um, it, you know, we, we, we kind of set the table for being able to spend a lot more time, rent places, places in LA, spend more time there. And so that was really the beginning of it all. So it, it, for him, he's got kind of a career, you know, sort of uh, change and reasons why it makes more sense for him to be out there. That was part of it as well, but we have good friends there. We love the weather. We love being out there. So going through this can be a really interesting thing to get yeah. to you know, know other people as well. So, and it's interesting that you say that. I mean, one of the most rewarding things about doing what we do is being able to help people realize, hey, this is important to you. Yes, you can do it. Let's just figure out the plan, right? And and to have clients, and we certainly, I could give you a, a, a lengthy list of those, but going from, hey, I wish I could do this 
to explaining to them, yes, you actually can. Let's just figure it out. And then having it come to a realization is, you know, that's the the most rewarding part of our of our business. And you know, and and thank you for the tool because I think this this helps get that conversation going. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. I, I love the possibilities that that opens up. I love what you just said. You know, I, I wish I could do this. Fill in the blank. Yeah. It could be anything. Yep. And the answer is you, you, you can. You, you can. You might not be able to do it all now. Right. You might need to do something. You might have now. to give up something else. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but it, it's just, a, and if you never, ha- here's the interesting thing. It's so obvious, but if you never have the conversation, if you never go through the process of looking at the pictures and seeing what that means to you, if you don't name it, then you probably won't achieve it. You've, you've right. got to be able to see the dream and articulate it yep. and then figure out how to get there. But if you don't give yourself that chance to do it, it you know, which, you know, going back to the, to the visualization part, right. Which is, and you, and you, you mentioned this, I know it's in the book as well, but talking about how athletes use visualization and, you know, if you're a golfer, you visualize the shot. If you're a, a, a kicker, you visualize the kick, you know, the kick going through the uprights and how effective that is in actually making those things come, come to fruition. Absolutely. It's something that I think athletes have intuitively known forever. Um, and, and it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there's been so much work around this area in the neuropsychology field. The, the role that visualization plays for all of us is much more expansive than neuroscientists have been able to prove until fairly recently. Um, yeah. And now they're starting to see it because MRI technology is yeah. becoming more sophisticated and uh, our ability to understand exactly how the brain works is, is much deeper than it's ever been. And so psychologists are able to actually isolate part of our, the part of our brain that does this. Um, there's a book by a Harvard Med School grad, Dr. Srini Pillay, spelled P-I-L-L-A-Y. And he wrote a book called Your Brain and Business. And in that book, he makes this very simple claim that scientists now widely agree that we stimulate the same part of our brain when we think about completing an action as we do when we actually complete the action. You know, so in really yep. simple terms, if I asked you, Paul, how think about right now, if you would, how would you raise your left arm in the air? How would you do that? You are right now thinking and using the exact same part of your brain that you do when you raise your left arm in the air. So the connection then between what we think and then how we actually execute it is much deeper than anyone ever realized. And it's part of our brain called the reticular activating system or the RAS for short, that is the operative part of all this. And that X is like a filter, it lets information in that helps us achieve things, misses information that doesn't help us achieve things. Like basically just kind of, it's, it's really a filter, lets information in and keeps it out. The more we can stimulate that, um, that's, that's the operative part of visualization. Yep. So it's really interesting. And, and, and you talk in, in the book too, about, about actually exercising that, right? Yeah. And taking more control over it. Yeah. And that's really what we're doing when we do this whole thing with the with yeah. pictures. Um, we're, we're conditioning our reticular activating system. Here, here's a quick example. I think it's, 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 it's worth a mo- moment to look at that because Otherwise, it's a little bit esoteric, but the reticular activating system is considered to be one of the operating or operative parts, rather, of visualization because of this filtering. So, for example, if anyone I'm listening right now thinks of the last time that you went from point A to point B, you went from your house to the grocery store, how much did you pass that you did not notice? And the answer is usually 
You know, you, you, if you, you couldn't take it out, if you took all yeah. the stimuli around you in, you'd probably shut down or faint yeah. or something because it's so much, yeah. but it's your, it's this part of your brain that operates completely subconsciously, just the way your lungs work. You don't need to think about your lungs working. They just work thankfully. Right. So the same thing happens here where this part of your brain says, you don't need to know all this other stuff. You just need to know where your turn is. And you need to know where the, you know, whether the traffic light is green and, and that just happens subconsciously. Yeah. So that's an example of what it just keeps out for you. And an example of what it lets in, this one always makes me smile, is if um, anyone has bought a car in the new car in the last few years, um, whatever car model that is, like, you know, you'll get an answer like a white Honda Civic. Yeah. You know, after you bought your white Honda Civic, how many other white Honda Civics did you start seeing on the road? And usually people just laugh because they start seeing them everywhere. And it's ridiculous how many you start seeing. And it's because your RAS is now aware of this. This has become important. Like your subconscious knows, right? That this is, this could be your car. So you've got to pay attention. You need to, you might need to look after it. You might need to take care of it. Um, It's something that's now relevant to you. So it's, you just start to see them. And it's not like your goal. If you, when you leave the house in the morning, it's go out and count. Honda Civics, but all of a sudden you just start seeing them because it's on your kind of subconscious mind in a way that it wasn't before. It's now relevant. And so it's amazingly powerful. It's profound because it seems simple at the beginning when you first hear it. But when you think about that, this is the part of your brain that is literally responsible for what you see in the world and what you miss or what you hear and what you don't hear, the options that you process or don't process. And so it's really, really powerful. And to your point, Paul, you can condition it by kind of looking by by doing things like saying, you know what, you know, yoga really is important to me. Being at peace and having that time really is important for me. I'm going to look for opportunities to do that. Um, if, If you can kind of tell your subconscious that, uh, yeah. just, it, it, it helps. It's your brain is a muscle, as you know, like, like all the muscle, rest of your muscles in your, in your body. It's really yeah, interesting. And, yeah. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned the, the yoga and I think just going back to, to that and, and talking about, you know, that the sort of process where, Hey, your, your time is that container and, you know, you got to start with the bigger pieces in the container first to make sure those get done, right? You start with the biggest pieces and you start with the big stones and then you add the gravel and then lastly you add the sand and then you add the water after that. Meaning I got to make sure the most important things are going to be done, going to be on the schedule, right? So I have to get those things. And this, you know, going through this process really helps you identify, okay, if this is really important for me, let's move it up the scale. Let's get it on the calendar and make sure it happens because that's, that, that container will always get filled up. There will always be the gravel and the sand and the water, but we just got to make sure the right stones get in there. Absolutely. And and you're making a really good point because all of this, I think, represents a really beautiful kind of combination of of a practical approach, a very rational approach to doing that, which we can do, and also um, a more sort of subconscious and visceral approach to doing that. And if the two of them can come together, um, it, it's really the best kind of outcome. So here's a quick example of how this has worked in real life. That somebody that did this exercise in the Bay Area had on their uh, prosperity picture, the sailboat, 
photograph. And her dream was to have a sailboat. She and her husband really wanted to have one. It's really expensive, especially there to do that. So it just wasn't really in the cards, but she put it on her board. And then she was on her way to work uh, a few weeks after that. And her normal route, it wasn't anything different from a normal routine, but all of a sudden she noticed a sign that she hadn't seen before for a timeshare sailboat company. And, you know, it wasn't that this didn't exist. None of this is magic. I always joke. It's not like the universe brings you a pony because you put it on this piece of paper, you know. It's just that you're you're, you're kind of waking yourself up to um, your your very powerful subconscious part of your brain to stuff that you might notice or think about that, you you know, that you didn't before. So that was the case here. And long story short, she and her husband now have a timeshare portion of a sailboat. They spend, I think it's three or four days a month. They love it. They're having a wonderful time. They have friends out on it. They have dinner on the boat. So it's wonderful. It, she found a way to do this. And once she, then once she sort of got that idea, um, you know, then she started doing the planning and of course, you know, took a more pragmatic approach to how she was going to actually execute that. But it really is a great example of how these things kind of come together for this, you know, really wonderful outcome. And you now having dinners on the patio in Los Angeles. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. With jazz music. <laughs> With jazz music. <laughs> and smelling garlic. <laughs> so I do, uh, I, I could keep you here forever and talk to you forever. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about how do you, you've gone through, you've gone through the process, you have your board, you've, you've woken up and said, okay, these things. Now, how do you, how do you keep it top of mind? How do you uh, make sure the application of it happens? So lots of ways you could do that. Um, one is to put this up somewhere where you can see it. And I always, you know, if, if you put this together, if you take the time to put it together, um, talk about it and put it somewhere like on your fridge or in your closet door so that you see it you know, in the morning when you're opening your closet. You know, you don't have to spend a lot of conscious time, but just the fact that you sort of walk by it and notice something on it, um, it that's how that's how you condition your RES. So, you know, keeping it available, keeping it top yeah. of mind. People put pictures of it on their phone. Um, I've I've got some people that put it, they have it on their on their dashboard of their car, you know, that kind of thing. So you just have it somewhere where you can see it. That's one thing you can do. And then you can decide, okay, let, let, let's use some pragmatic things that we can do now. Um, we, we, we can talk about isolating three to five of these ideas and starting to plan for them. You can start to look at, how does this affect other aspects of my own financial planning? You know, what are some of the tools that I need to have in place to make this happen? Am I saving and investing at a a rate that's going to allow me to pursue some of these things? And, you know, that's a big, hairy question. Am I saving and investing enough? It's, you can answer that in a million ways, but I think having a very clear idea of what you're trying to save and invest for helps you not only because it motivates you yep. toward that idea, but it also helps you, you know, kind of back into a number that works for you. So looking at that is something you can do. Um, looking at other things that you, you know, might have from an infrastructure point of view, other planning tools, um, insurance and uh, estate planning and, 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 and things like that that will often dovetail with some of these ideas. The more practical building blocks of financial planning, the more traditional building blocks come into play very heavily once you get into this execution stage. Yeah. So, you know, we tell people all the time that come on board with us is that, you know, we're, we're the, we'll now become your, your CNO, your, your chief nagging officer. 
and you know we'll <laughs> we'll keep you but to have a tool and to have something to say hey you know let's let's go back and revisit this we talked about this and you said that this was important and how are we progressing it's it's i think it's great that's really awesome absolutely yeah yeah i always i always kind of uh make the point with folks that we all, you know, we have statements, you, you, you open up a, 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 an investment account, you get a statement, you get, you know, numbers, you get pie charts and so on. It's not really about that. I mean, that's, that's no. wonderful. Of course, it's a tool, but it's really about this. I mean, yeah. the reason we want those numbers to grow is this, it is so that we can make these things uh, happen and, and get closer to these being a reality. And then your, your portfolio is a tool to help you do that. Exactly. And it's a very obvious connection, but people tend to silo them all the yeah. time. So bringing them together is really important. No, and and just going through and and going through the planning process and bringing that back to the financial plan, you know, that's it's um, we go through that discussion all the time, right? Because here's the here's the financial plan, not the not the 180 page document with all the charts and the graphs, but here's the <laughs> stuff that you said was really important. Here's how we said we were going to get there. How are we doing on that? And the simpler that we can make that process for the clients, the better and the more meaning it, it has to them. And to go and, and even going back to you know, performance reporting, and we sit down and we say, okay, well, that's nobody really wants to go through the performance report. I mean, really, they want to see how they're doing, absolutely. But the benchmark, as we tell people all the time, is not how are you doing versus the S&P 500. The benchmark is how are you doing versus your plan? Yeah. Because we started with the goals. We said, these here are the goals you want to accomplish. Here's the level of importance. And here's what we need to, need to do to get there. Are we on track? And that's really what the, the the performance report should be: is how closely are we tracking that? Absolutely, it really is about that. I love that, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. I enjoyed reading through the book. I enjoyed the process. Um, it hopefully, so you'll come fun. back. <laughs> I would love to come back. It was it was wonderful. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thanks. So that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you found this topic interesting or useful, please let us know. Or if there are other topics you'd like us to address, let us know that too. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us and thanks for being invested. Neither Invesco Distributors Incorporated nor Lisa King's affiliated with the RAND Group. The RAND Group is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities reference herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The RAND Group and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for the statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. The RAND Group and Hightower Advisors LLC 
assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the author and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.